Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, ECRG here, back with another episode. As you can see by the title of today's episode, we're talking about getting your first job in clinical research. So this is a question I have gotten throughout the entirety of this channel, of this YouTube channel slash podcast. This is why one of the most common questions I get. How do you get your first job in clinical research? How do you get your foot in the door in clinical research? It comes in many, many times and phrases, uh, but it all comes down to the same type of question. So getting your first job in clinical research. Here we go. And this what even spurred me to finally make this episode again was someone emailed in and they're actually from out of the country, uh, from Pakistan. So I'm gonna go ahead and read their email. And of course I'm not going to reveal any personal information or anything like that. But if you've got a question that you want me to answer or that I, that is not on the channel a lot, please email in elite clinical group at gmail.com. And I'll go ahead and get a, uh, I'll go ahead and cover it in one of the episodes. So this person emails in, hi, I'm a doctor from Pakistan with three years of clinical uh, training experience in psychiatry. I don't have experience in research per se, but I'm interested in getting a clinical research associate certification and planning to move to the USA. I have no idea where to start. I was wondering if you could guide me as to what are the best options available for me. I recently saw a website called ccrpa.org, which is offering a certification and online preparation for the certification, but I don't know how legitimate that is. I saw your video on YouTube. It was very informative. I'd be glad if you can guide me in this regard. So this person emails in about how they can do that. Now, I'm not going to cover the part of immigrating to the United States. That is not what I do. If you want to immigrate to the United States, you need to consult an immigration attorney. Um, you need to investigate that on your own. I've done a couple videos here and there about it, but that's not really my expertise. My expertise is once you land in USA and now are clear to work in USA, how do you go about getting your foot in the door in clinical research? So, so for people like this who, you know, don't really have much clinical research experience, I would strongly recommend you email me and inquire about the career consultation because this is, this is something where you, you need to learn how to sell your background, sell what experience you do have and, um, know what your path is. What are the, some of the easier ways to get into clinical research? What are some of the harder ways to get into clinical research? You need to under, I need to understand what your risk tolerance is to be able to, um, to be able to, um, kind of guide you into clinical research because some people, you may be able to wait until you get into a clinical research associate training program while others, you may want to take that job paying 10 bucks an hour for a couple months to get that experience then be able to flip that into a more substantial job and then be able to flip that into something else. So you you need to be able to know where you can get in and fit in in clinical research. And that's one of the benefits of coming to me and sitting down for either 30 minutes or an hour or even up to two hours for a career consultation. 
And once again, that's another one of the benefits of coming to me to have your resume reviewed also is you can get the whole package. Um, you can get your resume upgraded, which you're going to need to do anyway. Um, but just, I can help you as a kind of a shortcut, um, because you can get there, but it's going to take you a lot of rejections to be able to tweak your resume, um, to where it needs to be, or you can just come to me and, um, we'll get it right from the beginning. Um, and then you also need to know what kind of job you need to be applying for. Um, what kind of income, what kind of salaries you need to be negotiating for? Um, are they paying you enough or not? Um, and the, all these things are hard to come by just on your own. So that's why it's good to come to me, someone who's a, a proven professional uh, in the field, having gone through multiple promotions and ultimately getting to a position that many of you want to be in, which is a CRA. So without further ado, so how would this person go about getting their first job in clinical research? Um, so a lot of people email me about these certifications. And of course, if they're free, by all means, do the certification if they are free. Now, where it becomes kind of sticky is where if they start charging. Now, you've got a lot of courses out there like Barnett's. Um, I think CCRP, CCRP, um, I think they might charge for theirs. I'm not too sure. But you've got a lot of these companies out there. So which ones are good? You've got Socra. Which ones are good? Which ones are not? And like I said, I'm going to break it down. If it's free, by all means, do it. Because if you if you're you want to show that you are interested in clinical research, you want to show that you have what it takes. You want to show um, these things to the recruiter and the hiring manager. So if you if it's free, you want to show that you know about clinical research a little bit. You want to show that you know about GCP. You want to show you know about um, how clinical research works a little bit, even if you've never worked in it. And just having that level of interest can kind of improve um, how you're viewed by hiring managers and recruiters. But if you have to pay for it, this is where I draw the line because most companies will will um, pay for you to go get these certifications like CCRP and, um, you know, the CCRC certifications. So for most people that have no experience, it's just kind of a waste because, A, you're not going to be able to sit for those high level certifications, the ones that actually move the needle in the career, in your career. And B, even if you were and you are able to pass it. They really don't mean anything without having real clinical research experience. So you want to go for the experience first, guys. It's not about having all this paper stuff. Um, you know, a few letters behind your name. That doesn't mean anything without the experience. They want to know, can you actually do the job? And that's why I always say you need to go get the experience first, guys. It doesn't matter if it's an internship. It doesn't matter if it's volunteering at a clinic. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, you're doing it on the weekend. It doesn't matter if you're cold calling patients to try and get them to sign up for a study. It doesn't matter what it is. You just need to go get experience. It doesn't matter if it's 40 hours a week, 80 hours a week, 10 hours a week, two hours a week. You need to go get experience uh, first before you try and get all those um, certifications. When you are going to get an entry-level job, they're going to teach you everything you need to know. They're going to give you all the GCP training you need, all the protocol training you need, you know, all this training you need, you name it. They're going to make sure you have it. You don't need to go and do it before you have a job because what really matters is experience in this industry. And I would say more so than in a lot of industries, what matters most is experience because they want to know if you can do the job or not. Um, they want to know if you can, you know, talk to the PIs. They want to know if you can talk to uh, management professionals. They want to know if you can talk to outside vendors and get things done. Um, you need to have actual skills 
that can translate into uh, your bosses knowing that you can actually do the job. So, what kind of jobs should you be applying for when you're looking to get into clinical research? So, they throw this word around a lot, entry-level jobs. What does that really mean? Well, entry-level jobs to me mean that require no experience. So, this can get confusing because sometimes they'll say entry-level CRA, entry-level project manager. But that's, that's not what they really mean. They don't really mean z zero experience. And that's where people get confused because CRA is not a job you can do with zero experience. This is not an entry-level job. Um, would, you, would you try and apply for a, uh, an executive position without having ever worked in that field before or having ever worked a job before? Absolutely not. So why would you go apply for a CRA position? So guys, you have got to have experience before you can become a CRA, two, three, even level one. Now, sometimes they do offer training programs for both CRAs and project managers where they will train you six months, a year, a year and a half, two years, and then you'll be a CRA. Before that, you'll be some kind of assistant CRA or you know maybe a junior CRA or something like that. Um, but you have got to either be trained and you're going to be trained intensely for that time period before you can be a, a real CRA. Um, so what kind of job should you be looking for? So we're looking at clinical trial assistant. You'll see a lot on indeed, um, clinical research coordinator. Um, you'll see a lot on indeed. We're talking clinical trial associate. We're talking project manager assistant. We're talking project coordinator. We're talking project specialist. Now, a lot of these companies have these entry-level jobs. A, they will ask for one year or two years of experience, um, but you really can get an entry-level, so you've got to know that. Once again, it helps to come to me for career consultation because you may not know that. Um, another thing is they all have different names. For example, clinical research coordinator is the same thing as study coordinator. Hmm, why would they call it two different things? I don't know. That's just the industry, guys. Um, they also call it research assistant um, for a clinical research coordinator or study coordinator. Sometimes they even call it clinical research associate. But it's not the traveling monitor. It's the person. It's the same job that they're talking about. So you have all those different names for the same job. That can get confusing, especially if you're from a different country, like my friend that emailed in from Pakistan. How would he know that? Um, that's why it can really be beneficial to pay for consultation. So you don't have to find this out the hard way by tons and tons of rejections. You can know first off from me firsthand on what you should be applying for and skip that step of tons and tons of rejections. Um, so those are the type of positions you should be applying for. Once again, clinical trial assistant, project specialist, project management assistant, associate project manager, assistant project manager, uh, clinical trial specialist, clinical trial associate. What you really want to do is look at the job description and see it at what kind of level of experience they they're trying to get. Because even clinical trial assistants, they have senior clinical trial assistant, which is not entry level anymore. They have clinical trial assistant level twos. They've got clinical trial assistant manager. They've got different levels to this, to these jobs. But you've got to really look at the job description and see what they're asking for. So you, you've got to learn to look. And once again, I hate to keep plugging it, but career consultation is going to help you. You've got to know how to read that job description 
uh, when it says, you know, requires two years of experience, how do you know if you should apply to that or not? Because most people would say, you know what, I'm not a good fit for that. But how do you know that you might be a good fit for that and apply anyway? I tell a lot of my clients to apply to these jobs because a lot of times they don't find someone with the exact two years of experience. And what you know what they do? They come take a chance on you who's only got maybe six months of experience or no experience. They take a chance on you because maybe they like the way you interviewed or maybe they liked your resume because you came and did a resume review program with me. So these things happen, guys, and you've got to be prepared. So this is how you get into the clinical research. This is how you I, I, not even get in, how you identify a job. That's the first step. You got to identify what jobs you're going to be applying for first. Then you got to fix your resume. So is your resume up to snuff? Is your resume one to two pages? Does your resume have the keywords they're looking for? Because a lot of times they just run your resume through a software. It doesn't have the right keywords. And next thing you know, you're getting automatically rejected without anyone even looking at your resume. No hiring manager has looked at it. No, not even an assistant has looked at your resume. It's just the computer says, you know what? Your resume is not good enough. So how do you get by, past this? Well, you've got to know what they're looking for. You've got to know what keywords they're looking for. You've got to know what uh, skills and experiences they're looking for. Once again, the resume review program that I have can help you with this because you're going to get tons and tons of rejections before you figure it out. You're going to have to talk to tons and tons of recruiters before you figure it out, before someone tells you um, what it is they're looking for. Um, and you're just going to have to figure it out. Or you can come to me and I'll tell you. Um, so you definitely want to make sure that your resume is good. You you need a good, solid resume. Um, I don't recommend cover letters typically. And my, my uh, clients know why. But I don't recommend cover letters because... You do not have an, they do not have enough time to read them unless you have a really, really strange story about your resume or something like that. You took a ton of time off and you need to explain it. Okay, then you do the cover letter. But this is a volume game, guys. You need to apply, apply, apply to a lot of jobs, and the cover letter often slows you down. Um, next thing you need to know is where to apply. Uh, my clients know I like Indeed.com. My clients know I like LinkedIn. My clients know I like... Um, applying on individual websites. You know, applying in clinical research is a job in and of itself when you're trying to get your first job in clinical research. I say to shoot for 200 jobs. Now, you're, when you go on Indeed, you're not going to see 200 jobs that you can apply to um, because you're probably only going to be looking for ones that, are, that have no experience, that require no experience. Well, you've got to know which jobs to apply to that um, may say they want a little bit of experience, but you, have, you still have a good chance of getting. Or sometimes you're not even applying to the job with the hopes of getting to the job. You're, you're applying with the jobs of hoping of talking to the recruiter. And the recruiter oftentimes will have other jobs that they know are coming down the pipeline that you'd be a good fit for. So that's what you're applying for a lot of the times. And then once you build these relationships with these recruiters, they start feeding you jobs. They start putting you in front of hiring managers. They start um, giving you these opportunities that you didn't know were around or that you didn't know um, they even had because a lot of these jobs are filled before they even put up on um, the website. So you don't even stand a chance a lot of these times, but you wouldn't know that because a lot of people are trying to be cheap and not get career consultation. Um, a lot of people are trying to be cheap on their resume. Why would you be cheap on your resume? 
Why, why would you not spend $100, $150, $200 to beef up on your resume uh, when you know you're going to make forty, fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars uh, on when you accept the job, when you get the job? I don't understand it. Guys, you have got to invest in yourself. You have got to invest in yourself when you're trying to get a job in clinical research. You have got to reach out to these recruiters and ask them for coffee. You have got to talk to these recruiters. You have got to want to network with these people. You have got to invest in yourself when you're trying to get a job in clinical research. You have got to spend time watching all my videos on um, YouTube, going through the podcast. You have got to spend time there. That's where the information is. You have got to look at all some of the other creators. Shout out Dan Farah at the Clinical Trials Guru. You have got to put the time in if you want to get in clinical research. There's so much information out there. More so than ever, there's a lot of information out there on how to get into clinical research. Um, but you've got to take the time to go through it. And if you're not going to go through it, or even if you are, you definitely want to come and do career consultation because everything, I can't put everything out in videos. Um, there's just too much, there's just too much I've, I've learned and too much I've gone through um, to get to where I am today. And, you know, these things are changing constantly. And, you know, everything's not going, everything's not going into a video. Everything's not going into an episode. I put as much as I can, but everything's not going in there. Um, so you just really got to be um, knowledgeable and and try and, and be smart about improving yourself and trying to uh, put your best foot forward when you're trying to get into clinical research. Um, so we've talked about where to look. We've talked about what jobs to look for. Um, we've talked about what you need to do as far as improving your career consultation and, and as far as um, being strategic about where you want to apply and how you apply with your resume. So now the next thing you need to do is interview. You've got to interview well. This is very, very competitive field. So of course I've got a resume, I've got an interview preparation program also. So I've got career consultation, I've got resume review where improve your resume, and now I've got interview preparation. So I can take you from A to B. I can take you from A, from not knowing anything about clinical research, all the way to landing a job in clinical research. Now it's going to take time. It's going to take effort on your part, but it'll all be worth it. You'll have my guidance all the way along. So if you're interested in one of those programs, uh, we've got that also. Um, And that really, really is going to uh, help you learn what you need to do to get into clinical research. And the best thing is you do it all again when you're trying to level up because you've got all the information. Now leveling up is going to be that much easier for you. As soon as your one year anniversary hits, you can go on and make a lot more money getting another job in clinical research um, because you have the tools now, you have the know-how, and you know what it takes to get a job in clinical research. So it's going to be a whole lot easier getting a job. I'm telling you guys, after my first job in clinical research, it was a whole lot easier getting that second one because I knew what to expect. I put that same level of effort and boom, it just happened so much faster. You know, they were, I was getting so many more calls back for that, for that second job. Um, it was basically every job I applied for, I was getting a call back for. I mean, of course it wasn't that crazy, but it was a lot. So guys, you definitely want to make sure um, that you're being wise and don't try and just be cheap because you don't want to spend any money. Um, but think about it as an investment in yourself. You know, how many times have you heard, how many times have you heard the best investment is in yourself because you're going to get that ROI back 2X, 3X, 4X, 5X. But for this, I mean, you're literally, I mean, I don't know how much my most expensive package is depending on what you get, but let's say it's $300, $400. I mean, it could be $1,000. 
you're literally going to make 40, 50, 60, 70,000 in your first job in clinical research. So, wouldn't you spend $1,000 to make $70,000? I think anyone would do that. Warren Buffett would do that. Steve Jobs would do that. Steve uh, Tim Cook would do that. Um, you know, Bill Gates would do that. So, yeah, you really want to be wise about this guys, about getting your first job in clinical research. And I know there's a, probably a lot of people out there You've heard of those resume review services before, but the difference is I only do clinical research. I don't review anyone's resume for anything else. I only do clinical research. That is my specialty. So I'm not one of those generic people who does all different types of resumes and everything like that. That's it. I only do career consultation for clinical research. I only do clinical research. That's it. So you can be rest assured you're getting the best information. You're getting the most up-to-date information and you're getting the best tactics and the best strategies for getting into clinical research. Um, so yeah, guys, so when it comes to interviewing, I mean, there's a lot to go into it. I mean, when we do interview prep, it's custom. Um, it's depend, it depends on what your background is. You know, I can't, I can't, you know, we can't have the same strategy for someone who was a pharmacist for 10 years as we can fresh out of college. Um, we're gonna be talking about different skill sets and knowledge bases that each person has to um, get them the job in clinical research. So that's why I'm really advocating in this episode in particular to do the career consultation because it's, it's customized. It's what do you do best um, to convince the hiring manager to hire you? It's, it's not just cookie cutter for everybody. It's what do you do best? What, what kind of skills do you bring to the table? Not just cookie cutter for, for anybody and everybody. So that's why I'm really, uh, you know, kind of harping on that in this episode. And I typically don't like to plug my stuff this much, but I really, really believe in it. And I know plenty of other clients do, too, um, to be able to get you to where you want to be. So everything is customized. Resume review, I'm reviewing your resume. I'm making your resume better. I'm not giving some cookie cutter um, kind of approach to it. Um, interview prep. You know, of course, we're going to be talking about your background. We're going to be talking about. Well, what you bring to the table, things that you like. So we're giving you customized answers to answer in the interview. So really, guys, it's a win-win all around when it comes to, um, you know, getting your first job in clinical research and doing it with Elite Clinical Research Group. Um, and then it's going to be a big win for you when you finally get into the field and you're happy with, with your job and you feel like you have plenty of opportunities in the future. So, guys... Hopefully uh, you enjoyed this. Hopefully you're able to um, take some of this information and parlay it into getting your first job in clinical research. As always, if you're interested in booking with me for anything, email me, eliteclinicalgroup at gmail.com. Take care.